and welcome to a special bonus round of Retro Encounter, the RPG fan podcast that is not attached to current events, where we podcast about whatever we're interested in, and today is a special one indeed. My name is Mike Solosi, I'm Monsoon on the boards, and you have probably heard me on too many episodes of this show already, but so let me introduce my co-hosts today. First we have Reviews Editor Alana Hagues. Hey guys, what's up? It's Diving Falcons on the boards, and you've probably missed me for a little while. Maybe I'm not. I'm not sure. You may be on. The, you may be on the episode right before this because I, I, we record them way in advance and sh- and shuffle them around a lot. Uh, <laughs> well, so, have... so it may not have been that long, but for you, it definitely has been too long. So it was, it's, it's an honor to have you back, Alana. Yeah, always fun to be back. And also, we have reviews editor Nick Ransbottom. Hey, it's good to be here. And Nick, this is your first episode of Retro, correct? Correct. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I know you're on an episode of Random a month or go ago or two, but uh, this is your first Retro, and that's awesome because we are always happy to have more RPG fan staff podcasting with me. I I know listeners get bored of me and Josh almost every episode. I wish we could get some more people in, in this, and I'm so happy that we have a new crop of recent editors like Nick that can do this for us. So anyway, today is a special episode that uh, we sort of decided to do on a lark, but it's, it's been an idea that's been floating around for um, at least a few months. Um, and, and Nick, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. In, uh, in Slack and Trello and some other RPG fan uh, venues, I make fun of you for not having played games before. Fair, fa- fairly often. It, it is a regular thing. And so, and uh, and and of course, I I mean it in in jest. I'm not actually thinking about kidnapping you to to play old Super Nintendo games, even though maybe yeah. I have threatened that's, to li- to literally a, do that. That's such a good idea, though. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. So. I'll just I think lock I... him in a basement with like three good Super Nintendo RPGs, and once he finishes two of them, he gets food and water. It's it's perfect. This should be our hiring drive. Yeah, exactly. I, mm-hmm. I am slightly frightened. Um, you get to, you only huh. have to finish two of them, and you can pick the two shorter ones. I'll, I'll give you game facts and how long to beat dot com. Okay. Okay. If I get how long to beat dot com, I'm All right. good. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I believe in you, Nick. So anyway, uh, sometimes we shame each other for not having played certain games that other of us hold dearly, and of course, it's uh, that's all a matter of perspective whether a game sh- is something you should have played or not. And you know, you can even get into weird uh, elitist ide- ideas, thinking things like that. So anyway, I, we thought it would be a fun idea to have a confessional where a couple of us could confess to others that I have not played this game, I have not played that game, and just, just to get these these sins off our chest and have understanding people to speak with that could maybe provide you know insight or recommendations or whether something should be played or not, or maybe play these this game, not that game in a certain series. Something like that. And so, the, and this will, and listeners will be able to listen to us, you know, express our shame, and also and delight in us making fun of each other for it. So, does that sound like a good idea to you too? Yeah, I'm <laughs> ready. I, I yeah. have no shame. Right, okay, <laughs> I I believe that, but I'll try and instill some in you once I hear the games that you haven't played that are probably my favorite games from childhood, since I think both of you are <laughs> both of you are practically preteens. So, um, well, <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> right. Okay, uh, Nick, do you mind going first? 
Oh, okay. okay. I um, I have a big one, you guys. Okay, well, before then, Nick, how long has it been since your last confession? At least 21 years. Oh, yikes. Okay, we... Where to begin? Okay, well, um, hit me up with your first game now, Nick. Or, or series. Uh, fr- frame, it ho- so frame it however you like. Uh, game, series, maybe an entire genre. Uh, it, it's up to you how to present it. I have not played the Chrono series. Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross? Oh, boy. Nick. Well. <laughs> Nick, 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 Nick. So you know the basement thing? Chrono Trigger's mm. really short. I can make those two of the three games. Easy. You so, know, the worst part is, I own both of them. Oh, boy, buddy, oh. come on. I know. So it's not <laughs> so it's not an issue of access. And it's, no, it's and it's absolutely. and it's probably not an issue of time because I know you just finished Dragon Quest 7, which is a 70-hour game. Yeah, let's not talk about how oh. long that game took. <laughs> right. And <laughs> I hope it's not an issue of interest because I mean those are two all-time classics. Now, now uh, Nick full disclosure, Chrono Trigger is my favorite video game ever. And I like Chrono Cross a lot. For a while I was a bit of a Chrono Cross hater cuz I Whatever I was, I was like 15, and I really liked Chrono Trigger when that came out. But man, they're they're two all-time classics. Chrono Trigger is the Square team when they were at their peak and borrowing the Dragon Quest writer and artist. The writer of Dragon Quest Seven wrote Chrono Trigger, or at least a lot of it, and and was the story lead on it. And Chrono Cross uh, was written by the scenario writer of Chrono Trigger, who's not the same as the story planner. Who, but and that guy also wrote. Xenogears, Xenosaga, uh, that's Masato Kata, by the way, and a bunch of other classics. Chrono Trigger was called the Dream Project for a lot of reasons, and I haven't even mentioned the music, which is a delight. So, what the hell are you doing, Nick? (laughs) Okay, if I tell you why I have not played it... It will just make me upset. (laughs) It will. (laughs) Okay, I'll I'll, I'll try my best anyway. Go ahead. I'm real. Aside from the fact that so many people grew up with it and consider it a staple of the genre, yes and yes, I have zero interest in it. Um, oh, all right. Okay. I, I'm not sure if I'm gonna like the battle system, and that's always the main thing for me with a role-playing game. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, Miss Mike. Okay. Are you just... <laughs> uh, all right. Like, well, okay. Okay. He's in shock. No, I'm not in shock. I'm not in shock. I just have to gather my thoughts a little bit. I, they've been scattered all over the room. Uh, <laughs> Nick, you just finished playing Dragon Quest Seven. Chrono Trigger is a combat system like it. It's basically turn-based, but also incorporates movement. Um, the speed stat determines how quickly you can take actions. Everything is on an, a single-screen interface that takes up less than a quarter of the screen. You can switch between character actions easily. Your characters can team up to do team attacks. There's seven characters in the game that have a very diverse set of moves. Um, that I don't think the combat holds back from Chrono Trigger. It, and also, it, it doesn't use random battles. You uh, encounter enemies in the field. Some fights can't be avoided. Some are easily easy to avoid. Uh, if you can play a game as old school as Dragon Quest VII, I don't see how the combat of Chrono Trigger would be uh, a handicap. Uh, so, Alana, do you have any thoughts in general? I've, I've been talking too much already. <laughs> No, it's fine. Um, I would, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. It's a lot more dynamic. Having not played Dragon Quest Seven, I can't really 
do the comparison, but there's a lot more variety, I would feel. Whereas Dragon Quest Seven and some earlier Final Fantasies are like job-based, this one, you've got characters who can do double moves or triple moves, which add a lot of variety to the battle system. And it's really fast for a um, Super Nintendo turn-based battle system, actually. Yes, I would it, moves, say. it moves very it's... quickly, even more even more quickly than the Final Fantasy games 4, 5, and 6 that use a similar yeah. uh, battle system. And so yeah. that's what that's what the problem is. I'm not sure if I want to like how fast it is. Because okay. I actually, I'm going back and playing Final Fantasy X-2 right now. Mm-hmm. And I have to adjust the speed on that in the remastered version because it's too fast for my brain to keep up with. Well, because I'm an idiot. Fair enough. You can set the speed in Chrono Trigger uh, to either active or wait. Active means enemies can take actions while you're choosing the next move. Your next move and wait meaning enemies will not take actions while you choose the next move. But it's um. Hmm. I mean, I, I'm used to it. Fe- like, it being a fast feeling system and i, yeah. I uh but i don't but it, i mean it's it's not like an action it's not an action rpg it is definitely a turn based game but the turn based combat feels fast and that and to okay. me to me that is a a huge plus if turn based combat feels fast and easy then that's that's terrific i think that's true of persona 4 and ff10 and i, and I love yep. those two combat systems for it and yeah. but I, Nick, I mean, I, I'm only using Dragon Quest Seven because I know we, we've talked about you playing it before, and, I, and so that's an example I know I can use. It's Chrono Trigger is the same writer and artist as that game with the best Square team from the '90s during their golden age, and I think it's so, a must-play for any fan of RPGs. Let's talk about Chrono Cross then. Is right. that mm-hmm. as essential? Yeah, I can't comment because this is one game I haven't played either. And actually, coming off of your comment on the battle system, part of the reason that I'm put off of Chrono Cross is the battle system because I know it's vaguely percentage-based, but I'm definitely going to play it. It's definitely on the top of my list. So I'm, I mean, I'll defer to Mike because mm-hmm. you clearly know quite a lot about Chrono. Well, you know more about Chrono Cross than I do, definitely. <laughs> Well, uh, Chrono Cross is interesting. It's a bit of a divisive game. It uh, came out in 2000. It did not have the exact same team as Chrono Trigger. It was a lot of Square personnel that had worked on Xenogears and uh, a few other games, but it didn't... um, Yuji Horii and Akira Toriyama did not come back for it. And... But it did have the scenario writer of Chrono Trigger. The guy that wrote all of the zeal sequences and a lot of the individual dialogue was the main writer for Chrono Cross. And it is... I say it was divisive because it um it, uh, it is a sequel to Chrono Trigger. It addresses the events of Chrono Trigger, and you see Chrono Trigger character cameos in it. But it also is not a sequel to Chrono Trigger in that it's not. It uses a sort of an alternate dimensions gimmick instead of a time travel gimmick. And detractors of Chrono Cross will say it craps all over the story of Chrono Trigger, which I disagree with. Maybe when I was you know, 16 and angry on the internet, I might have supported statements like that, but I do not today. It, it, it It's excellent. Chrono Cross um, goes some really fascinating story places. The cast is incredibly diverse. There's something between 45 and 50 characters, and depending on the actions you take, you, uh, you'll get maybe about half of those on your team. And the combat is really interesting and fun. It's a six elemental system that has you uh, manipulating 
uh, different elements and different space and different sort of uh, uh, time and status stuff in ways that felt ahead of their time in 2000. And I mean, 2000 being an incredibly strong year for RPGs, it was the same. Uh, that was the Square Enix's year of JRPG when Legend of Mana and Final Fantasy IX also came out. And uh, Skies of Arcadia came out in the drag- in the Dreamcast this year. That was an, a really good time for PS1 RPGs, and a lot of people would put Chrono Cross as the best RPG of that era. It was one of the first perfect tens on GameSpot. And oh. yeah, it, it, it's it does a lot of things really well. Uh, fan- some fans of Chrono Trigger love it, and others hate it because of the way it it uh, it follows Chrono Trigger's plot. I'm I'm avoiding spoilers here, but I think. I, I would play Chrono Trigger first, but I think Chrono Cross is an excellent game, and it is a must-play if you played and liked Chrono Trigger, is my final word on it. Well, I have no excuse. Like I said, I own both of them. I have the DS version of Chrono Trigger. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm going to give it a shot this week, actually. You absolutely Do should. It. And Do it. You, uh, you, I'm, most of the people in RPG fan staff have played Chrono Trigger. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just hazarding that guess. <laughs> Probably. If it helps, I was scared of playing it, so it didn't reach Europe until the DS version, and so you even, even when it came you out, you didn't even the get DS, the PS. You didn't get the PS1 version. No, we didn't. Um, oh, so shoot. we had to wait until the DS version, and still, I didn't pick it up because I was terrified because I knew how beloved it was, but I didn't actually play it until it came out on the Wii Virtual Console. Because oh, okay. I kind of wanted to play it in its most authentic-ish format. So it terrified me, but it's 16, 17 hours, maybe, at tops, with everything. So it's I think, a really um, breezy, breezy, easy kind of RPG to play, yes. to steal a phrase from Child of Light thing that you did. <laughs> well, I mean, that, okay, that's a reference to old, to old uh, CoverGirl commercials. <laughs> oh, well, Which is, <laughs> never mind. But, but never mind. No, but I, but I would put... Chrono Trigger, and that's in the similar category. It's, I would say, um, uh, liberally twenty-hour game. There's something of like fifteen to twenty endings, so you can finish it much more quickly than twenty hours. There's a pretty robust end game, so, um, like it, the, it, it it is not challenging to beat it in fifteen hours. But I would recommend doing as much exploring as you can, especially in the last quarter of the game or so. But it, it's, I think, it's an all-time classic. I I think those the seven main characters of it are iconic. Chrono Cross I would not put I would not say is as iconic, but is an excellent RPG of that time. And you really should play both, Nick. I mean, come on. Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. All right, all right. Okay. I'll I'll fire it up later tonight. Actually. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Alana. How long has it been since your last confession? Uh not as long as Nick. I would say probably a year and a half maybe oh okay um, all I, right i'm a i'm a walking confession unfortunately i have a an array of excuses which most of them lie down to the fact that i live in europe and not america but anyway, it's all right we won't but, hold it against you <laughs> but um i guess this confession might hurt it's not so much as a big series as say chrono um but it's probably quite dear to the rpg fan community because way before rpg fan uh, the website was called Lunanet. Oh, no. So, I have never played a Luna game, ever. And <sighs> I guess I can use the Europe excuse, but there have been re-releases, and 
I just have not got around to them. And actually, I'm virtually clueless on the entire series. And I've managed to get through a year and a half on the site nearly without saying it. So, I'm Well, like, uh, okay, Alana, we are humbled that you chose to confess this to us. But I am also a little disappointed in you because Lunar 1 and 2 are just awesome. They really are. Uh, they're they're from the game arts team that made uh, the Grandia series, and I and I think they also co-developed one of the Super Smash Brothers games. It was either uh, I think it was Brawl for the Wii one. So, they, but they've been making RPGs for years, and the first two Lunar games, uh, I played the, I played their PS1 versions. I I don't I'm not very familiar with the Sega CD originals, but I I, th- I hold those the PS1. Um, Lunar Silver Star and Lunar Eternal Blue in very high esteem. Exactly, and they look like something I would play because I love Grandia. Mm. I absolutely love the style of Grandia, and I just I've looked at it since, and I just really like the way it looks. But there's just it's almost like it's not at the top of my list, so it's just never made it up to the top. So I've spent the last couple of years covering other series that I've not touched, <laughs> but Luna I've never quite got round to. So I need not convincing, but need like forcing to play it almost. I need to confess something as uh, well oh going boy. off of this. <laughs> I've been silent because I've been trying to think of a way to break this to you. I also have not played this series. Oh, guys, you're killing me, Smalls. You're <laughs> killing me. All right. Well, okay, I'll get into Lunar a little deeper. It's, um, you, you know, this is a little weird to say, but I think this is one of the first games that I played that I would call sort of an anime RPG. Because it's, um, the story and some of the presentation of it is less rooted in, you know, what I would consider traditional Japanese RPGs, like just, um, uh, like your Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest games that are, that are a lot of, uh, that are that are full of personality, but have pretty uh, you know that they're just dialogue heavy, and the story is always framed just as sprites across the screen on the screen. But Lunar One has uh, has music has music scenes like mu- music videos, and it's uh, a lot more of a personal story than a Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest games because there's a lot of romance, there's a lot of what you might call anime character tropes, but it has a lot of over the top personality to it. The old, uh, it was localized, or first localized, by the old working designs team, so that there's a lot of, a lot of flavor and uh, pop culture references and a lot of irreverence in the script that was really, really refreshing to RPG players of that era that when they were used to maybe drier scripts. And I, I think Lunar 1 and 2 are terrific. I, I actually like Lunar 2 a little more, not because it has better characters or a better plot, that's probably um not that's probably the opposite of it but lunar 2 has maybe my most uh my favorite epilogue sequence in any rpg ever because avoiding spoilers the ending to lunar 2 is a little sad but then there's a lengthy epilogue sequence that has you that has it like switch to a very satisfying closing plot threads uh happy ending that that just maybe tears welled in my eyes when i played when i finished lunar 2 for the first time and uh, but but also, Alana, you haven't had a ton of chances to replay it because it hasn't had a lot of re-releases. There was a P. No. I think I think a GBA game called Lunar Legend, which is like a bastardized retelling of Lunar One. Yeah. And then there's the PSP. The first... There's the PSP Lunar One, which was well received, but I have not played it. 
Yeah, I think that, yeah, the PSP, the problem is, is there are a couple of games, actually, that PS were really re-released on PSP, and because I no longer own a PSP, I've just not been able to get to it. Um, and we did get a DS game, and I seem to remember... That is Lunar Dragon an, Song. Yes, there is an umbrella in it somewhere, and I remember somebody playing it, and they were... And I just kind of remember looking at it and going, hmm. It's, like, it's not classic... good. <laughs> yeah. L- Lunar 1 and 2 are the ones you want to play, and they're both terrific. But Lunar good. Dragon Song was a pretty early DS RPG that is not going to make very many top 10 lists of DS RPGs. It's, <laughs> uh, I-, I can't recommend that game, even though I only played the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I've snuck into the soundtrack. This is how I've got more interested in Chrono Cross with the soundtrack. So I've done the same with Luna and Noriyuki Iwadare, who does the Grandia soundtrack, does the, some of the Luna soundtrack, and they're great. So I need to get into these games clearly because mm-hmm. there's not, something there. I, I'm not sure if they're available on PSN or not. Uh, I don't. Silver I don't Star think... Harmony is, and then that's it. Okay, okay, that, yeah. that's the PSP remake of the first one. Um, okay. I, I would, if you can't get hold of the discs, I'm not, I'm not sure if you can even play uh, North American PS1 discs on, uh, on Euro- European hardware, can you? Nope. We have yeah. to be illegal, right. so yeah. You either have to resort to means outside the law, or at least try the PSP version of, uh, of Silver Star. Which yeah. I, uh, I, I w- if you can find a way to play them, I would recommend them. They're both excellent. They're a little bit more archaic than Grandia. Um, it's again, these are early '90s games that had PS1 ports, and uh, <laughs> so there is a little bit of a grind to them, especially the first one. And in the second one, I think is a little bit more full featured and balanced. But they're they're both excellent. You, I, I, I happily recommend both. I think this is a little bit less shameful than Nick's than Nick's (laughs) confession because uh, because he did not have an access problem and you did have a bit of an access problem and also I would I would say that maybe the Chrono games are a little more iconic than the Lunar games even though the Lunar games are have a lot of fans but yeah I I I I recommend Lunar one and two they're great maybe avoid Lunar Dragon Song. I will avoid Lunar Dragon Song, so I'll try and hunt okay. down the others. Maybe an American PlayStation is the way forward. Oh, hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that could probably work. It would little, work. Um, those two PS1 games are a little hard to find. I, I didn't play them until the uh, uh, early or mid-2000s, and I had to resort to eBay to get one. I had to, I found one of them in a thrift store and got, had to resort to eBay for the other. So I don't know okay. how much how much they would set you back, but they're worth it. I'll look into it. Definitely, for RPG fan, if anything. Right. Now, okay, I guess it's my turn. And so for the first time, we'll talk about a game that I haven't played, since I've played all the ones that, you're, that you've confessed to already. Um, Alana, this confession is aimed at you a little bit. Uh, I, I mentioned on the episode 50 podcast a few months ago that I had played Shadow Hearts Covenant, but hadn't played the other two Shadow Hearts games. Oh. Now, when I uh, when I examined my own save file to uh, to check to make sure that my disc worked so I could play it in a few months, it turns out I I I had only finished the first disc of Shadow Hearts Covenant. I haven't played any Shadow Hearts game to completion. Mike, you lied to me. I I was confused. <laughs> I played them during college. I'm sure an exam got in the way or something. But yeah, Even I, I have played these games. I haven't played them. <laughs> I, I, I have tried the third one and uh, and gotten a few hours in, and I played, I guess, half of Covenant, but that's it. 
Okay. Oh my, yeah. No, well, actually, to say that is not too bad because Shadow Hearts is, on the surface, I suppose, quite difficult to get into because it's not your typical JRPG and it looks, it's obviously set in the real world with real events. So, and it's got this, like, it's not like overly tropey. So, like, it's not like as warm and opening as a Tales game or it's not as popular as a Final Fantasy game. But. I'm not surprised because the first game has put a lot of people off because it has aged so badly as well and it looks it looks like a terrible like PS1 game in comparison. <laughs> it came out at the same time as Final Fantasy X did. Right, it was, it was a pretty at, early PS2 RPG. Exactly, and look at how much better Final Fantasy X looks. So a lot of people were obviously a bit put off by it. And Shadow Hearts 3 is definitely... I don't know whether I'd say it's the weakest of the trio, but <laughs> I, story I, was. I, I was actually... Uh... Um, the opposite of turned off by Shadow Hearts three, just because of how wacky the main <laughs> cast looked. That's, yeah. that's my favorite one. Is from- <laughs> oh, okay. Having replayed it, I replayed it this year, and when I played it a couple of years ago, because I came straight off the back of Covenant, I was expecting something a bit more darker. Even though Covenant is much goofier than the original, but Shadow Hearts three was kind of too over the top for me. But the battle system is fantastic. And it's, it improves on a couple of things from Covenant. And Covenant's battle system is really, really, really fantastic as well. But having re-reviewed 3 this year, it's um, really, really good. Just don't let all the wackiness get in the way. And the story's not great. It's very atypical. Um, but yeah, I, I can't believe you haven't finished Covenant, though. We haven't yeah. played half of it. I, I, that, I consider that an essential... Uh, RPG actually is Covenant. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, I, I, I would as well. I liked it. I was really impressed by it. But I, I think just other things popped up because it was the mid two thousands around when I was in college when I played it. And uh, yeah, I don't have a good excuse. Um, we're we are gonna play Shadow Hearts Covenant in December for episodes that we'll post in January. So I am gonna start playing that very soon, probably right after uh, America America celebrates Thanksgiving. And oh, nice. it, so would you would you say um first of all uh can you give me a a quick estimate how long uh 1 and 2 are and would it be a good idea or or not a good idea for me to play 1 before 2 even if it's archaic I'll I'll soldier through yeah. it even, even if I have to use a a fact or something Uh well 1 is probably 20 I can't remember how long I spent playing it but 25 to 30 hours I would say at the most if you do absolutely everything I wouldn't say it's essential to play it because the plot for two is quite a bit different. The only thing that you, I, you probably, I don't think you've got quite that far yet in two, but the only thing that keeps um, it going in two is the fact that there's the relationship between Yuri and Alice. So that's right. quite I, important. I, I, I was aware that they had a relationship in one, the, the two characters on the cover of Shadow Hearts one, <laughs> but I, yes. I, I, they oh. didn't explore it very much from what I played in two. Yeah, so it's it's touched on more in disc two, and well, she yeah, things happen in disc two that are more relevant to that, but it helps with the understanding and it helps with the emotional impact, but it's definitely not vital to the story. Um, two is longer. Two is forty it's hours. Like, yeah, I was about to say it's like forty forty five hours. Sure. Yeah. Right. Again, if you do everything, it's probably like forty five fifty hours, but um, they're not particularly difficult if you're good at timing things um 
and if you're really good at using um, the third key, I think, which uh, speeds it up or gives you like three rotations of the judgment ring, then it's pretty good. But yeah, I wouldn't say play one necessarily, but it's not too long and, and you could probably get it. it for a speed run. You could probably do it in like 20 hours if. Okay. And now we, um, we haven't really addressed it directly. The, the combat system in Shadow Hearts is called the Judgment Ring, but is uh, and it was, I haven't played one, but I was led to believe that it's better in Covenant than in the first tra- Shadow Hearts, and the judgment, oh, way better. Yeah, and the Judgment Ring is affects more than just combat. Can you give a, Can you give us an abridged version of what the Judgment Ring is to refresh my memory and also maybe scare me away from Shadow Hearts one? <laughs> <laughs> well. The, well, basically, so the Judgment Ring is a time-based thing. So if you've seen Lost Odyssey where you like hold down the shoulder button and then release it when you need to in a certain time frame, then it's similar to that. But basically, there are like hit zones in this ring and you'll have a dial that moves around. And so you'll have an orange area and a red area. And so, an orange so like, area is a hit. Like a roulette wheel or Wheel of Fortune it's, or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And then once you press the X button, if you get it in the orange area, it's a hit. If you get it in red, it's a critical hit. And if you miss any of them, then your entire attack misses. So, well, not entire attack, but that hit will miss. Um, The only difference in one and two, if I remember, is the perspective on the ring is slightly nicer, and there's no customization in one. So Alice has one hit zone, Yuri has three for the whole game in one. But but you can use skills or items to affect the judgment ring in two. Yeah, you can. Okay. Also, you get like extra hit zones. So I think Yuri and Joachim can have five, but they start with three. So it, there's more customization, and also there's linked attacks, which are a load of fun. I have do, not played Covenant for a couple of years, so it's kind of picking from memory. Do do British people really pronounce the name Joachim as Joachim? Joachim? Joachim. Joachim. Uh, <laughs> I always thought it was Joaquin. <laughs> Joaquin, but... yes, probably. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you, you said whack him. I like whack him. Yeah, we're gonna oh, whack him. I? I'm... We're gonna whack him. Okay. <laughs> it should be whack him. It should be whack him. Definitely. Oh my goodness. It might just oh, that's, be my that's, ter- that's terrific. No, I think it's my accent. It should be a hard <laughs> H kind of in there. Ah, oh, okay. Um, but the judgment ring is. I would say the best turn-based battle system you can get in an RPG. Oh wow! The only the only other one I would say rivals it is Grandia. So, which is like for a different reason, more dynamic. But like, there's an element of skill involved in Shadow Hearts, which I love. So play you please finish. You, you will be finishing Shadow Hearts. Put it that way. Yeah, I, I will be finishing Covenant. I am contemplating trying to play the first game, uh, the first Shadow Hearts before it. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but we will see. And we will be talking about Shadow Hearts Covenant on this show in another month and a half or so. So that's exciting. It is exciting. So we've each confessed once. Is everyone ready for round two? I don't know if my ego is, but I am. Okay. (laughs) Should we do the same order as before, or do you want to mix it up a little bit? Nick, do you want to to go first again, or uh, should we change it up? No, I'll go first again. All right, all right. So, Nick, how long has it been since your last confession? Um, about 25 minutes. Oh, all right. Okay, well, that's good. That's that's very open of you. Thanks for sharing that with us, Nick. So, uh, confess to us your RPG sins. All right, I don't think I'm going to get yelled at as much for this one. 
Um, it's a series I have always, always wanted to play. It's Xenosaga. Okay. Ah, no, again. Yeah, Agreed. yeah. You, you, you have a, uh, you have something against Masato Kado, don't you? I, I don't, I've <laughs> the same writer wanted... for for those three games. <laughs> I have always wanted to play Xenosaga, but I never. I was always intimidated by them as a kid. They just yeah. seemed so serious and so complex that I was just. I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. I would agree. I. I'm in the same boat as you. I actually have the localization issue again. But interestingly, I do know a little bit about it, and I am a massive whore for Xenogears. So I have taken some interest in it. Europe only got two, which is apparently the worst one. So, (laughs) yeah, we got really lucky with that. But, yeah, I've not played Xenosaga, mainly for localization reasons, but... I think even if we did get it, I would be ter- I would have been terrified by when it first came out. Right. Okay. Now I, I think I made a mistake. Masato Kato did not write Xenosaga. He he wrote Xeno Gears, and then he wrote uh, Baten Kaitos or Baten Kaitos. Oh yeah, GameCube. he did. Yeah, that's that. I'm, I'm, and I think I was mixing up Xenosaga with that game, so I, I was wrong, and I apologize for that earlier comment, Nick. But I have played the first Xenosaga. And that game has a reputation of being a, just an F-ton of cutscenes with very little action, and, uh, or relatively little action. And that, com- and that insult is fair. There are a ton of cutscenes in that game. And it is a uh, pretty deep, convoluted sci-fi epic that a lot of people really like. I thought it was super cool. I, was, I sort of went in there knowing that there was a, that there was a ton of, uh, of FMV in it. So I, w- I was prepared for that, even, and uh, it lives up to that reputation. But I-, I thought it was really cool. I tried the beginning of Xenosaga 2 and did not like it as much. My favorite character in 1 seemed who was just a, a, a just a, an absolute Terminator by the end of the game. S- seemed to be weak and nerfed in 2 by comparison, and, uh, and also the writing was clearly not as good. And also, the, um, each of the three games has a slightly different uh, visual look to them. Like, uh, j- just looking at just look at one character and how they appear in each of the three games. They look distinctly different. Like they they tried to update them with each game, so they end up being a little bit more super deformed in one, a little awkwardly more human proportioned in two, and then sort of a happy medium in three. I haven't played three, and I don't own it either, so I don't know if I'll ever get to that one. But I I would at least try episode one, Nick. I thought it was really good. It's it is bloated with cutscenes, but the characters are cool, the combat's cool, the story stuff leaves you in the dark a lot. It clearly is episode one of, uh, it ended up being a trilogy, but I think they planned five or six games in the series. And see, it sucks, because I loved Xenogears. I thought that game was amazing. Uh, I love Xenoblade, Chronicles. I just, I have not been able to get my hands on this one. And, you know, it's something I regret deeply. I feel like I... For my own personal taste in RPGs, like I've missed out on something. They're cool games. I definitely recommend the first one. Don't recommend the second one as much. But those the the series has a lot of very dedicated fans that have been bugging Namco to release them on PC or continue the series or both. And I, I wouldn't object to any of that. But uh, yeah, the, at least the first game is very is a very very entertaining PS one sorry PS two RPG. Yeah, I would kill for a PS4 re-release. So for the last game, Shadow Hearts, and 
for these, the, the both trios, re-release them on PSN, and I will lap them up. Cool. So, all right. So I guess it's me. All right, I guess it's you again, Alana. Uh, now I'm I'm guessing that it's also been about 25 minutes since your last confession. <laughs> maybe a I little, would say so. maybe a little less because we spent a lot of time talking about Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. So, uh, <laughs> so what is your next RPG sin to confess? Ah, uh, okay. So, I've been managing to clear out a lot of them recently, but. There was a series, or even a developer, that I came across when I started working for RPG Fan called Falcon. That many of the staff. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! You're, now, you're aware that not... just a month ago we even did an episode called Falcom Encounter. I am so aware, and I am right. aware of how fantastic the music is in this <laughs> for these games. And I think I'm going to specifically touch on one series for Falcom because I have played. A large chunk of Trails of Cold Steel, which I love. Okay, and all right. Got that... Trails in the Sky, which I'm really looking forward to playing. Very cool. Well, I, I guess it's a spoiler, but you know that uh, uh, you know that one character in Trails of the Sky survives to Trails of Cold Steel since he's the principal of the school. <laughs> yes, he does. But this series, I think, well, it's a particular. It's more of an action RPG, if I understand. Okay, so now I definitely um, know what series you're talking about. Mm. <laughs> Because I'm sure I think you're a big fan of this series. You're a big oh, fan. Of I think I'm guilty of this one too. I, I, th <laughs> I think you are, Nick, and I and I know for a fact that you are. But uh, Alana, just go out and say it. Uh, I think it's said East. I think yes. we've pronounced East. Yes, correct. I also do not have an excuse for this because Mike Salbato bought me two games in the series. Now I don't have my Steam <laughs> library to hand. <laughs> But he bought two of them for me as a gift. He was like, oh, you've never played an East game before? Here, have the two best okay, ones. If, okay, if he said that, then he definitely gifted you Oath and Felgana and Origin. Is my from, I, from, from what I know about Steam and what I know about Mike, those are probably the two that he gave you. I think so. Definitely Oath and Felgana. But um, yeah, Falcom is a series who I've just kind of slipped by and... That's not series, sorry, a developer who I've just kind of slipped by until joining RPG Fan. I'd <sighs> actually never heard of them, which maybe it's because I'm in, I, maybe it's because of Europe. Hey, why not just blame the fact that I'm in another country? That's so easy. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, East is, again, a series I know very little about, but I'm very interested to play because there aren't enough good action RPGs anymore. Like, they're all dying out. Like, please give me more and go ahead and explain East to me, because I really want to play these games, especially because I own them. Okay, now, it's sort of funny that you mentioned that Mike Salvato, who is our uh, um, RPG fans uh, um, graphics lead and the co-host of Rhythm Encounter, uh, gave you a couple East games, because um, a different person named Mike gave a different person on this podcast his first East game. <laughs> Isn't that right, Nick? <laughs> that That is right, and you even let me pick pick it out yeah i i gave i uh when nick first told me that he had never played an east game before a few months ago i threw twenty dollars on the uh uh on psn adam and said hey um these are the east games on psn pick one and play it because you got to play an east game and uh and and you decided on memories of Celsetta, right yes that's okay. the one that's the one Okay, all right now i love east and i'm a relatively new fan of the series i, I uh 
I, I received one of them as a gift in, say, I want to say like 2012, 2013. It was, uh, and, it, and it was Othenfelgana um, on, on Steam. And I played it and loved it. And immediately played like four or five other East games, including one Japan import. Which there's there's a there's an East versus Trails in the Sky fighting game, and I, and I uh, <laughs> on PSP. So I, uh, I I bought that, and it's terrific. So uh, I really like them. Um, and Alana, I think that the two that you own are both good starting points because they, they didn't really start getting good until the mid 2000s, in my opinion, because the East series is a really strange history. The first one was in the late 80s, and then the uh, East 3, which Othenfelgana is a remake of, was a not early 90s uh, Super Nintendo game that got that got ported around all everywhere that I think is kind of bad, actually. And then there's two versions of East 4, that were neither of which were developed by Falcom. They, they contracted that to two different companies, and then when they remade it for the Vita a few years ago, they incorporated ver- uh, elements of both versions. It's... It's confusing to explain the East series linearly. So let's start with the 2000s version of it. There's, there are remakes of East 1 and 2 that you can play, but they're a little bit dated. You attack people, attack enemies by running into them. And if you run in at an angle, it deals damage. If you run in directly, both you and the enemy take damage. And if they run into you, you take damage. So it's all <laughs> you have to play this sort of like sumo wrestling lawnmower style of combat that is a little bit of a hard sell. I don't think you need to play East 1 and 2 unless you've played other games and really want to see how the series started out. Then you have Oath and Felgana. It's a remake of East 3. All you need to know is that Adol is an adventurer and his best friend is named Dogi and and then just jump in. It's a terrific action RPG. It's similar to Zelda in that you control one character and there's lots of sword slashing and, and spell casting. But it's much more frenetic action, and some of the boss fights are even like shmup games, where you, have to just, you just have to dodge fields of laser beams and fire in order to get to the boss. Oh, nice. It's, it's great. And East Origin is, sets, is uh, set, I think, a thousand years before East 1, so you play ancestors of characters that you meet in East 1 and have to and, you know, figure out a lot about the Dark Tribe and the goddesses and a lot of stuff that's in East 1. Then you have East 4, which had a which had a remake a few years ago called Memories of Celseta. That's a terrific game, but it's a, it plays a lot differently from Origin and uh, and Felgana in that you control a party of three characters, and it's uh, and, and the action is still fast and frenetic and f- frenetic and great, and the music is great and the bosses are great, but it feels different from both in Felgana. Some people like the I, I know uh, on the uh, on the Falcom Encounter podcast, I mentioned I preferred the party system combat, and Rob Fenner and uh, Derek Kimsbergen both mentioned they prefer the uh, the single the single character combat. But really, that's okay. just that's just preferences. And then yeah. uh, um, the fifth one is uh, is Japan only right now. That's uh, it's called um, Lost City of Sand or something. Uh, no, no, sorry, Lost City Kefin. And then the, right. si- the sixth one is called Ark of Napishtim, which is. Which is PS2 or Steam, and it was actually made before Felgana, so it's a little bit. It's, it plays similar to Oath and Felgana, but it's a little bit more archaic. Then East Seven okay. is a PSP game that is an action th- uh, party game, uh, party of three game, like Memories of Celseta, and that's my favorite game in the series. I think East Seven is awesome. Nice. And East, I know Eight is around the corner, yes, isn't it? Eight as comes well. out soon, yeah. and it plays similar to Seven and Celseta, and I cannot wait to play it. It looks great. 
So yeah. that was a very long explanation, and I apologize. <laughs> but it's a hugely long series <laughs> that I've been so unaware of for years. Yeah, it's been around almost thirty years, and it is Jeez. it is real good. The uh, the older ones I think are a bit of a hard sell. Um, I've I've yeah. told I've told that one of the I mentioned there were two East fours. One of them was Super Nintendo was Super Famicom, and one of them was PC. And I heard the PC one is very very good. Okay. But I haven't played it. I yeah. I recommend East to everyone, but I think the best place to start is um, is the remakes that are all from the 2000s. So um, okay. Oath and Felgana onwards are all great, right. and you should try at least one of them. I'm going to try and get to them probably early next year, definitely. They're, I have no excuse. I own them. They are literally on my PC. Mm. So Yeah, I have Celsetta, uh saved for my winter... RPG. I'm going to start it sometime in like two or three weeks. I'm uh, I'm very excited for it. Actually, the way yeah, you were pitching it to me, it sounds like a really really great series. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And um, the thing that the ones from uh, Napishtim and Felgana onwards have in common in that is that the combat is just so rock solid and feels fast and satisfying. And it Good. gets they get pretty intense. Like the um, a couple of the endgame bosses in Oath and Felgana uh, took me several tries, or even back out and gain a couple levels and then try again situations. It's They can be pretty challenging, but they are so much fun. And I I definitely, the all of the modern ones I've played, I would recommend to everyone. Uh, I think Felgana and Seven are my favorites, and... Uh, because I think I think Celseta is a little a little too short. It doesn't feel like as media quest as Seven is, and Origin is great. But Origin basically just all takes place in one dungeon, while Felgana is more of a traditional RPG with ta- with uh, separate dungeons and towns and a quest that spans a little bit of a wider area. Okay. So that, that's why I think Seven and Felgana are my two favorites. Uh, but they're all good, and y- you definitely should play them, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> we own right. them, so we have to. <laughs> exactly. No, no one is making you play them, but I mean, I do have a lot of room in my basement, and I'm sure I could figure out a way to lock the basement door. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, oh shoot, it's my turn, isn't it? Go for it. Go on, Mike. All right. Uh, there's a couple I could have gone with here, but um. I'll go with the one that yeah I'll go with the one that I have the least excuse to play because it's not it's not one that I've tried and outwardly hate which is uh, a series that we mentioned a couple times in this podcast but uh, I have never played a Suikoden game. What I, I own I... I own the first three and uh, the I own two on, on as a download and I have a phys- physical copies of one and three. But and I've tried. I've played the very beginning of one and didn't and wasn't that interested. But I I know oh, that I know that it's a beloved it's so series. Good. Especially two. <laughs> two is the one that people seem to talk the most about. Yes. Yeah, see, I, I've, I've never played one. I I have uh, never played two. I actually just bought it. <laughs> uh, it's on sale right now, thankfully. Um, but I yeah. played the first one and it is incredible. Oh, see, I'm in the same boat as Mike, and I've never played it. Now, I'm I'm a so. weirdo because I have actually read uh, the novel it's semi based on because it's based on a uh, <laughs> it's based yeah. on a uh, on a Chinese 
sort of novel folk tale called Water Margin, or sometimes right. called sometimes called Outlaws of the Marsh, and and Suikoden, I think translates to Water Margin. I'm not positive about that though. Okay. But uh, I mean, the book is about uh, 108 heroes that gather to uh, to sort of defeat a, um, you, you know, you know, a, a a common adversary. And I know that the gim- one of the gimmicks of Suikoden is that there are 108 characters to recruit. Yes. See, but, that scares me. Yeah, but beyond that, I know I know almost nothing about them. Yeah, I don't actually even know how they play, really, which is, like, 108 characters, there's so many. As I remember that, the, as I that you fight with six characters in your party at once. Yeah, and, and, and as and far so, as I know... Some of the 108 don't fight. Some of them are, like, shopkeepers that you can yeah. use at your base. That's right, yeah. So, I think, the, like, this is the other Chrono Cross thing. There's so many characters. It feels like a, like I actually always thought Suikoden was a strategy game until recently. Which well, is... there are actual battles that take place because you're amassing so many people. You will go out and do these sort of strategic-like battles with your okay. army. Wait, really? Because I, I mean, I played the I played a few hours of one, and I know that you have a party of six, which is a little a little big for traditional JRPG parties. But the, are there modes similar to a to a a strategy RPG in this? I I don't remember. It's been at least ten years since I've played the first one. Um, I don't remember if it's actually you know in the vein of like Fire Emblem or something. But you do definitely there is a, a strategy aspect. Um, it switches oh, so is it, perspectives. Is it, is it like Final Fantasy VI where you can make multiple parties and you have to send them out separately and position them or something? No, to from what I'm remembering, you're sort of the commander. Um, I hope to God I'm remembering correctly, or else I'm going to get so much hate mail. Um, and you sort of just direct your army, uh, your troops, and tell them what to do. And you know, it's not all of the game is like that. It's it's mainly the six party system. Um, there's there's some other system too. I want to say it's like. Uh, rock, paper, scissors, almost. Um, it, it changes up, you know, how you play the game, and that's one of the reasons I liked it so much when I was a kid. It was something different. All right. So, um, now, I guess none of us have played two, which <laughs> is shameful on its own, I guess. But if I were to, you know, start it up tomorrow and dive into Suikoden, would you recommend I play through the first one and go right to the second one? Or would there be some other venue? Because, I mean, I, have, we, have any of us played 3, 4, or 5? Or the, I or played no? the DS one. Is that Tear Crease? Yes. Okay. Oh. Um, and I loved that one. I thought that one was so much fun. That was actually uh, the... I, I want to say it may have been my first exposure to the series. I may have played it a little before. Uh, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I would say start with one, if only for the fact that it's a quality game. You know, also it, is it, is it very long? Um, I, I don't want to say it's that long, no. Um, I'd say 30 hours max. I could be terribly I'll, wrong on that. I want to I know now, so I'm going to look it up. Um, okay, based on how long to beat, uh, the first one is around 20 or 25 hours. Ah, oh, I see. 
And the oh, second cool. one, the second one is around forty or forty-five hours, maybe a little, <laughs> maybe a little less. Yeah. Yeah, like like forty. I don't. I would not make the argument that it's an essential RPG. Um, but I will say, you know, it's if you missed out on it, and you have the means to go back and play it, you absolutely should do so because I think it's really something special. All right, I. I won't approach it with as much urgency as I will Shadow Hearts because I did. Uh, I am going to try and play that for this podcast in a few months. <laughs> but uh, I, I am I am interested in in Suikoden, and I might make it a priority late, uh, in 2017 sometime. I am you definitely a, should. I am a little uh, shamed that I have never put hard time into any of them. <laughs> Same. So yeah, I'm you? mad at both of you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm mad at both of you also for different reasons. But, but I mean, it's good that we have all of this off our chest. That we have some healthy anger towards each other now. We all should feel better about ourselves. I, I do. I feel much better about myself, and much worse about both of you. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Good. Odin. That's good. And well, and you have never played Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross, so uh, yeah, um, <laughs> friendships just dissolved in this episode. Oh basically. yeah, not maybe not as bad as Peter and I arguing about Kingdom Hearts in a different episode, but we won't. Let's not go. <laughs> let's not go there. Yeah, let's not open up Kingdom Hearts. You know how mm-hmm. I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know how I feel about that series. So let's, but let's yeah. not let's not go there. Oh, so, no. so thank you for listening to us, everyone. Uh, confess our RPG sins and just uh, talk about some great series that some of the three of us should have played but haven't. So uh, we have a lot of fun content coming up in Retro Encounter. Josh, Chris, and I have been playing Diablo three, and we're going to discuss that in two episodes that will release in December. We have a lot of fun bonus round episodes planned out in advance for you as well. Uh, you recently heard us talk about Final Fantasy VI, and I'm not sure which ones we have lined up for you next. But there, um, after the Diablo three discussion, we will have plenty of other topics to dis- uh, banter at at length on this show. So, but before we close out, um, Alana, can you give us some of your uh, social media for the listeners? Okay, um, so I'm on Twitter, uh, at Alana Hagues, and obviously I have Diving Falcons on the board, so if you want to talk to me about anything, just give me a shot. Recommend me RPGs all the time as well, because the, backlog is never, the backlog's never big enough, basically, so... It's it's all my backlog is always growing, but if you rec- if we recommend RPGs to you, we probably should recommend ones that are available in the UK, right? <laughs> I'll try and get them affordable ones because there are some I don't own that are too expensive. <laughs> all right, so Nick, where can we find you on Twitter and and elsewhere? Uh, I am at the Ezio Kinway on Twitter, uh, and then you can email me at nickr at rpgfan.com, and that's where you should direct all of your hate mail towards me having not played the Chrono series. Okay. And if you want to direct yeah. hate mail or fan mail or any kind of mail at Retro Encounter in general, you can email us at retro at rpgfan.com. I check that uh, account every week and I respond to anything that we get, even if it's just RPG fan members trolling me. <laughs> uh. But if you want to bug me on social media, I am Monsoon on the RPG fan forums and at the Real Monsoon on Twitter. And if you, uh, let's see, uh, what else is there to mention? Oh, right, rate and review us on on iTunes. It helps us, it helps the podcast be a little bit more visible and reach more people. And definitely react to our episode postings on the RPG Fan Forums and on Facebook. 
So, with that said, all three of us are ashamed to have told you what we have, but now we feel better for having done so. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>